0: Hello everyone and welcome to and Trash with Waste Dive, a look at some of the most hotly debated news and developments in the waste and recycling industry. I'm your waste diva, Krista Muslin.
1: And I'm your garbage enthusiast, Cole Rosengren.
0: And thank you all for tuning in. Uh, June's been a pretty busy month for us. There's been a lot of big news that we've been covering on Waste Dive, things like bag bans and some litigation that's caused buzz among industry professionals. And there's also been a lot of news in industries like retail that could have a ripple effect across waste and recycling. So particularly on June 16th, Amazon announced that it would acquire Whole Foods Market. We've been hearing a lot about the quote Amazon effect in recent years, but this announcement really caused Cole and I to step back and think, how could the Amazon effect have an effect on the waste industry? So in addition to cardboard that's been piling up from e-commerce growth and increasing deliveries, we're wondering how other various e-commerce materials could also become a headache for recyclers. It's a little too soon to know what the announced deal could mean for our industry, But of course, there's always a waste angle.
1: It's true. Everyone likes to talk about all the cardboard coming out of Amazon. It feels like one of the most popular story ideas for non-industry publications to pick up these days. Last year, New York Times was talking about, uh, quote, convenience built on a mountain of cardboard. The San Francisco Chronicle recently had a headline that seemed to link rising collection rates in the city to Amazon boxes. Mother Jones has been talking about all these meal kits like Blue Apron and all the ice packs and how there's no way to recycle them. It's all been very interesting. So we figured, yeah, when this deal happens, it was bound to mean something. We still don't quite know what, but we decided to bring in the experts to get a sense of what was going on and also talk to folks on the ground. So first up, I checked in with San Francisco, spoke to uh, Robert Reed from Recology to get a sense of what he's been seeing in terms of cardboard, and he showed me data saying that cardboard volumes have stayed about the same since 2010, which is very surprising. Whereas over in New York, it appears that cardboard is going up. We'll know a little more after their 2017 waste characterization study comes out, but it's kind of uh, all over the place right now. It's all very anecdotal. Everyone likes to talk about it, but we don't actually know what effect e-commerce is having in the long term. And throwing Whole Foods into the mix, getting Amazon with the retail storefront just makes it even harder to predict.
0: Right, and on the one hand, uh, the growth of e-commerce might not be a bad thing for recyclers. Uh, Commodity values for OCC remain some of the highest and aside from issues with residents not breaking down their boxes and taking up too much space in carts, not much has changed. So the bigger question is what happens to all the other material from deliveries and who will end up having to recycle it? So to address this question, we spoke with Adam Gendel, the Associate Director of the Sustainable Packaging Coalition, who you will hear from later on. But first, you'll hear some insights from our colleague, Corinne Ruff. She's the Associate Editor of Retail Dive. And Retail Dive is a sister publication of ours that has been following this announcement very closely since it broke. So I spoke with Corinne on what it could mean for the packaging and waste industry, and we began with the overall trend of e-commerce growth.
2: On the whole, e-commerce sales are still seeing tremendous growth, rising 14.7% in the first quarter of 2017 over that period last year. At the same time, though, it's really important to look at that growth and the bigger picture of overall retail sales, because according to the U.S. Department of Commerce, e-commerce in the first quarter still only made up about 8.5% of total retail sales.
0: Wow. So 14.7% in the first quarter is fairly huge. And... Does this sort of allude to a possible trend that brick-and-mortar stores are going to one day become extinct?
2: I I think one of the biggest narratives that we cover on Retail Dive is the reimagination of the physical store. And analysts and data alike will tell you that there's no chance brick-and-mortar stores are dying out anytime soon. So for as much as we talk about the looming dominance of Amazon, about 90% of shopping is still done in physical stores, and that's why you're seeing Amazon buying up Whole Foods. That's why that deal makes a lot of sense, Mm -hmm. as do its ambitions for physical bookstores, grocery pickup, and its experiment with Amazon Go. So the players that are really going to win in this new era of retailing, which we often call it, are those that cater to customers on all platforms, online, on mobile, in stores, and anywhere in between. So earlier this year, we launched a consumer survey to try to get a better understanding for why and how consumers still shop in stores. And in our first survey, we discovered that 62% of shoppers are motivated to go into stores so that they can actually see, try on, and test out the products before they buy them. So that's one reason why Amazon hasn't really had success with grocery so far, which it's been trying to disrupt for about 10 years now. Um, because people just aren't convinced that in-store pickers, you know, won't give them the bad tomatoes or the soft avocados and they still want to go into the store and pick those things out for themselves.
0: Right. And then in addition to uh, online shopping in a traditional sense, we've also seen um, subscription box services become really popular. So how have those been shaping retail?
2: Subscription boxes are huge right now. Um, Stitch Fix and Birchbox are probably seeing the most success. But Amazon this week even announced a new venture called Prime Wardrobe, which similarly boxes up apparel um, or cosmetics and accessories and lets consumers try them before they actually buy the products. These players are hitting on a consumer demand that really smooths out the buying process of of essentials, you know, like basics and apparel or makeup and things like that. And they do a really great job of mixing in that little bit of mysterious flair because, you know, the box items are curated by a personal stylist in these cases. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of interesting implications as far as the amount of waste that these services contribute though, considering the high return rates that direct-to-consumer businesses overall have to deal with and the complications of the reverse supply chain. Um, today shoppers have been, you know, become accustomed to buying three or four sizes of the same pair of pants or multiple colors of the same dress with the intention that they're eventually going to return some of those items. That can create a really big logistical nightmare and it also means that a lot more packaging is being used. Exactly, and
0: this issue of packaging waste is exactly why we wanted to speak with you about e-commerce.
2: Have you seen that e-commerce retailers are becoming more conscious of packaging waste? Yes and no. I think the Amazon effect has really created a need to get packages out as soon as possible, regardless of their size and how many um, items are in that box. So you see a lot of articles about a cup of yogurt or a stick of butter coming with an absurd amount of packaging, and that still does happen. But I do think retailers are becoming aware of the pressure to be fast. It's also coming with really high costs, both to its bottom line and to the planet. Walmart has made a big push in recent years to tackle this. They've developed a way to improve cardboard box utilization by 30%, which um, has the potential to reduce cardboard box consumption by 7.2 million cubic feet annually, which visually would look like filling 82 Olympic-sized swimming pools. As they buy up more e-commerce sites like Jet and Bonomos, ModCloth, Moose Jaw, it's likely that all of these e-commerce strategies will blend together. Another way we're seeing retailers become more conscious of packaging waste and reducing that is reflected in a move towards click and collect, or what we also call buy online, pick up in store. That means consumers are incentivized to um, pick up online orders at the closest store to them. So Walmart, for example, in April started giving discounts for customers that place items online, um, place those orders, and then go to their closest Walmart to pick those items up. Another interesting program is a pilot that Target just announced a couple months ago called Target Restock. Similar to the way the Amazon Prime loyalty benefits work, the program lets red card holders fill up a virtual basket to be packaged at wherever nearby store is closest to them and then they can have it delivered the next day. So because it's so close, that reduces the packaging and the time necessary for longer logistics processes.
0: So also when it comes to packaging waste, we've been seeing a lot of uh, sustainable packaging marketing campaigns like the How to Recycle Labels that have been really big among industry groups. But how much do retailers actually care if they're carrying products with this sustainable packaging labeling?
2: That's a really good question. I can't say for certain that consumers on a whole overwhelmingly care if retails use sustainable methods to package their products or sustainable materials, but it definitely makes a huge difference to younger generations, especially millennials and Gen Z. So uh, a study from Yielsen in 2014 found that millennials make up about 51% of all people who base their purchasing decisions on a brain's sustainability actions, and 55% of consumers overall would pay more for products from brands with a sustainable impact. And that's a growing number, too, up 10% from just three years earlier.
1: It's very interesting what Corinne had to say about consumers not necessarily paying that much attention to the recyclability of their packaging in stores, particularly because we've seen so much attention from manufacturers around the how-to recycle label, around the amount of post-consumer recycled content in the packaging. Whereas on the e-commerce side, some research does seem to back up this lack of awareness, so to speak. I found this from the American Institute for Packaging the Environment. They, in turn, were citing a 2014 survey by the packaging company Sealed Air. That survey found that respondents were almost evenly split on whether or not they felt extra packaging was worth it to protect their products when weighing out the environmental implications of that. Though at the same time, a majority of respondents also said that a manufacturer's packaging choices were a clear reflection of their environmental values, and almost 70% of respondents said they had become more conscious of e-commerce packaging choices than they were five years before. So to dive into some of these e-commerce packaging trends, I spoke to Adam Gandel, Associate Director of the Sustainable Packaging Coalition. First off, I asked him a question that no one has the answer to yet, but I was just curious to hear his thoughts. What, if anything, this Amazon Whole Foods deal could mean for packaging and the waste industry?
3: So I think we all had about the same amount of Surprise and confusion, as anybody working in any the other product field, we don't we don't know. So we we see trends with e-commerce and what e-commerce means for packaging. Um, we know the pursuits that Amazon is taking for packaging for their e-commerce, but the idea of Amazon buying a brick-and-mortar retailer is is really confusing. And I think with packaging, the push we've seen from Amazon is somewhat at odds with the packaging used in physical retail stores. So it's really anyone's guess what's going to happen, but it's going to be fascinating to see.
4: Can you expound on that a little bit? What do you mean by that?
3: The idealistic promise of e-commerce is that those functions are no longer necessary from packaging, so you don't need oversized packaging for small items. You can right-size better. You don't need um, an oversized billboard to sell the product. Uh, Theoretically, you don't really need to use any inks or graphics or any messaging at all with the package because that's all done online. Now what e-commerce packaging needs to do that retail store packaging does not is it needs to protect for shipment an individual product. So whereas brick-and-mortar retail stores receive pallets with uh, cases on them, and the cases have a collection of individual primary packages in them. What e-commerce needs are individually unitized products, each in their own shipping packaging. That's sort of the gold standard for e-commerce. So when I say they're a bit oppositional, uh, that's what I mean. The e-commerce world doesn't want that designed for mass shipment to a store packaging and the retail store doesn't want that um, sort of boring design more for transport efficiency type packaging on their shelves so that's what that's the theory but we don't see a ton of that in practice yet
4: okay no and that makes sense um, and that's a good point right I was reading that right the ideal is say whatever you buy you can ship it in its own box it doesn't need to be a box within a box seems and it seems like Amazon's recognized that among other things shippers and they're trying to work on that. Kind of pivoting on the e-commerce side, it seems like some some new stuff, particularly the meal kits has entered. I just started learning about these ice packs and stuff like Blue Apron and all that and how they're, no one really knows what to do with them. you speak to the ice packs and any other kind of weird new products that have come out of e-commerce that would not show up in the retail world?
3: Yeah, the meal kit space is really interesting. So we engage with with a number of the companies in that supply chain and they are all working hard uh with very very good sincerity to figure out how to make their packaging the best it can be. And that that insulation part, the temperature control, the ice pack and also um the the thermal controlling packaging that that keeps the cold stuff cold is is a big challenge. So In the packaging industry, that's called cold chain packaging, and it's not a new concept. It's been around forever for pharmaceuticals and vaccines. The health and medical industry has been using this insulated cold chain packaging for a long time, but it's always been behind the scenes. So the fascinating motion we're seeing is the meal kit companies had been using the pre-existing cold chain packaging technology, but then all of a sudden consumers started seeing it at their house. And what had previously been invisible was now very visceral to them. So there's never really been this type of pressure before on the cold chain packaging suppliers to have a really convincing sustainability story for their packaging. Sustainable packaging as a concept I like to say is fairly new. People have been talking about it only for maybe 12 years now, but sustainable meal kit packaging is a field that's maybe a year and a half old. So we've, We've got a lot left to see there, but uh, change is 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 happening now, and certainly is going to continue.
4: I hadn't thought of that, I mean, but the idea that some of this cold chain packaging, right, we just weren't seeing it, and it was behind the scenes. And that I guess just to kind of on that idea, but in a broader sense, do you think the the e-commerce, be it meal kit or buying shoes or just any you know get the stuff, day getting stuff shipped to you rather than going to buy it in a store, do you think it's truly just kind of a transitive thing that it's just going to residential instead of commercial waste streams now
3: it's really hard to say it's it's an important question to ask so it is this same concept where previously invisible packaging is now very very visible and consumers are seeing transport packaging that they've never seen before because it's always been the retail store's concern uh, not the consumers so from the consumer standpoint They see packaging that they never knew existed, really. They'd never paused to think about it. And they come to this immediate conclusion of e-commerce equals more packaging. And I'm not aware of any study that suggests that's true, but common sense does tell us that with e-commerce, we potentially lose some economy of scale in our sale of products. So, again, this sort of macro trend of shifting from uh, pallets, with corrugated cases and then corrugated cases with a collection of primary packages within them for the shelf now we have individual unitized products each in their own corrugated case or some other type of transport package i think common sense says that that has to increase the amount of packaging that's out there now is that necessarily a bad thing ought to be the next question and the answer is no it's not necessarily a bad thing Uh, more packaging can sometimes be net environmentally beneficial. If it does a better job of protecting the product and reducing damages and wasting the environmental investments in the product, if it allows uh, a different set of logistics, if it changes the impacts of transportation, that also has its environmental implications. So systems thinking tells us that it's not as simple of a question as, is there more packaging and is that bad? But, From that sort of micro lens of is there more packaging? I think the answer is yes And I think the answer is also that the the mix of packaging materials is going to change And I don't know in what direction, but the easy answer is yes more corrugate. I think for a waste stream perspective There are certainly some some implications of Having corrugate go to consumers instead of to the retail stores. So, um and and not just the corrugate, really all the packaging used in e-commerce. So for e-commerce to deliver on that promise of convenience and bring curbside recyclable packaging to everybody in the country and the world, um, we'd really like to see an uptick in quality, convenient recycling programs at residences that can process this packaging and get it back into the recycling stream so that all of these companies in e-commerce can use recycled content in their packaging and give consumers something that they feel good about that they can take an action to lower its environmental burden
4: and along those lines too even if perfect world everyone did have the ability to recycle everything that was coming at them you're sort of shifting the responsibility from the commercial waste structure to the residential in a way right and i know each city but a lot of cities traditionally either residents bear the cost of waste collection or it comes out of their tax dollars whereas Otherwise it would be a business paying for it. It was making, you know, I mean, it's almost like an EPR discussion of who's responsible for collecting and processing this
3: stuff. Absolutely. And the retailers have had a financial incentive to recycle their corrugate. That's a revenue stream for them. And consumers, it's quote unquote free for them to recycle, but they don't have that financial incentive like commercial entities do. So we've had this astronomical recycling rate for corrugate for so long and I don't think anyone's had any delusions that it's that high because most of our corrugate is going to retailers and they have that financial incentive to recycle it. Will we see that recycling rate fall? I hope not, but I, I'm not sure that we should be surprised if it does. Bringing the
4: background to this Amazon Whole Foods thing, and not just them specifically, but this idea of, I mean, it's really what you guys do, right, trying to leverage better packaging design choices with large companies because they have the larger supply chains. We're seeing Target and Walmart and all these people doing really a lot on this. Theoretically, Amazon Whole Foods team up, they become a bigger company or other mergers happen in the future. What what is the, the power and the benefit of bigger companies? What kind what kind of impact can they have on sustainable packaging?
3: It's really huge. Uh being at the top of the pyramid, the, the trickle down effect that a company like Amazon and Target and Walmart can have, it it reaches so much of the, the global packaging supply chain. So uh, I'll give you an example. My organization, the Sustainable Packaging Coalition, we oversee the How to Recycle program, which is on package recyclability messaging, and we've we've had a lot of success with it. We've we've got a number of big brands using it. When Walmart held a, a big meeting on packaging and started to publicly say that they wanted to see more of their suppliers using our How to Recycle labeling system, we had a sort of f- floodgate open and packaging suppliers that were never even on our radar. All of a sudden we had an opportunity to have a very constructive dialogue with them about their packaging decisions and the way that they're messaging and communicating recyclability. It's a robust, nuanced, complicated field of science and, and probably a, a fair amount of art to it as well. Amazon is, is shaking this up, right? Because they're different than Walmart and target, but they've also been very engaged with the packaging industry, the NGO community, Uh, We're less aware of it, but I'm sure they've been quite engaged with government and academia as well. And they're doing the right thing. They're not trying to blindly charge into the packaging field and and shake the whole thing up uh, without being cognizant of any unintended consequences. So I think that's probably the most important thing that a major retailer can do, given their, their far reaching um, ability to enact change. So for Amazon's purchase of Whole Foods, we, we very much invite them into the fold. It's obviously a, a company that's had a, a good track record with corporate social responsibility, so getting them engaged in the dialogue on packaging means that whatever push comes out of this on packaging, I think we can have a high degree of confidence that, uh, that it's going to go down a good path.
1: So as Gendel referenced, that question of curbside recycling access is key. The Sustainable Packaging Coalition actually did a state of curbside report that came out recently showing 94% of people in the US do have access to some form of recycling, but only 53% of them are automatically enrolled in curbside recycling programs. And that's not even getting into what materials are accepted in those programs, single stream, dual stream. So if this volume of corrugated and other shipping materials is indeed beginning to shift away from retail loading docks to people's front doors in the form of Amazon boxes and meal kits and other e-commerce shipping, It's going to be a very important statistic to watch. Amazon or any other company can make their packaging as recyclable as possible, but it won't necessarily matter if consumers can't easily recycle it. That'll be one of many areas we'll be keeping an eye on as we learn more about this Whole Foods deal in the coming weeks and months. I know we're also curious at Waste Dive whether a version of the Amazon Packaging Feedback emails will make their way into Whole Foods stores now too.
0: Right. Back on the topic of having retailers make their packaging more sustainable, Cole and I were just laughing about getting a email sent to us while we were doing research for this topic, actually. And it was from Amazon asking for feedback. And hopefully that sort of email um, and customer engagement will spread to Whole Foods and other retailers who look to Amazon as an example in the retail industry. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: It certainly will. I know you've even tweeted at them before, right? You've got some star- strong thoughts on the packaging in the past.
0: Yeah, we've had, we've had some colleagues that have received packages with too much packaging and, you know, you'll get a toothbrush in a huge box and our colleagues will always send me pictures and be like, why is this like this? So, you know, trying to engage with the retailer themselves through social media or whatever other tactics or if it's a feedback form like the one that we received over email um, can only really help the problem, hopefully.
1: I like it. Well, I'll be telling them how I feel at the Whole Foods Register. We know we'll be getting back to Amazon now.
0: Great. And that's all we have for today. But thank you all so much for listening to our latest episode. Um, To get more industry insight, subscribe to our daily newsletter on WasteDive.com download the free Industry Dive app or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And also, if you have more interest in learning about the Amazon Whole Foods deal or about e-commerce in general, uh, be sure to check out coverage from Retail Dive, Food Dive, and Supply Chain Dive. Those are all our sister publications, and they've all done some great reporting on those topics. Um, And also, if you have any ideas for future episodes, please feel free to email us at the address on our site or connect with us on Twitter. Until next time, I'm your Waste Diva, Kristen Muslin.
1: And I'm your garbage enthusiast Cole Rosengren.
0: And this was Talkin' Trash.